0: Hello and welcome to Helpline on Feed Play Love. This is your opportunity to ask an expert for advice. Today we are joined by Mothercraft Nurse Chris moak who has over thirty years of experience. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's so interesting how lockdown affects you. It's. Um, it seems like I haven't seen you for years. I oh, know. <laughs> It's lovely to have you,
1: you here. Twice in two years.
0: Well, uh, so you have a number of ways that you can ask Chris your questions, and Chris can help with everything from. Settling babies overnight, extending naps to toddler behavior, how you might manage things with siblings, all of the stuff that can be quite challenging and no doubt is more challenging if you're currently in lockdown because goodness knows children continue at their own rhythm regardless of what's happening in the world around them. So if you're joining us via Facebook Live, you can pop your questions below this video and we will get to them. Uh, If you're listening to the podcast, you can email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. And finally, we also have a Facebook group, a Helpline Facebook group. So you can pop your questions in there or direct mail us that way. So let's get cracking, Chris. Okay, Uh, we have a question from Scott, who says, I'm hoping for some fussy eating help with my soon to be two year old son. He's a really bad eater. Every meal is a struggle for my wife and I. Sometimes he doesn't eat what we give him at all and cries and freaks out when we give him new foods. He's been like this for over six months now, and he doesn't seem to be getting any better. We both hate mealtimes with him because it's such a struggle. When he was a baby, he ate everything, but now he just keeps getting fussier and fussier and doesn't like new food at all, either completely refuses to eat or cries and tantrums. He only likes certain types of food. Breakfast, he usually just eats toast with some fruit, mainly blueberries and strawberries. Lunch is just plain pasta. He can't have any vegetables in it because he will pick them out or not eat it at all if he sees veggies in it. Dinner is plain rice with egg or pasta again. We tried to put meat in the rice or pasta, but he didn't like it. We're both at breaking point with what to feed him. We really need help or advice on what to do. We give him multivitamins because he doesn't have the right nutrients throughout the day. Any help will do.
1: Look, Scott, I think um, the first thing is he is eating, he is eating, but it seems to be that he's eating all the white things. So if you think about toast, pasta, rice, they're all white. And some fussy eaters do limit their food down to a particular type of food. And actually my nephew did this, and you'll be glad to know as he got older, he did eat more, but he did eat only white things for a very long time. And I think this is out of the normal because normally you can hide food to get them into children. So you can hide things like um, all the veggies in the tomato sauce and they'll eat a bolognese sauce so they get it six times a, a week to make <laughs> meat, you know those veggies. But in this case where it's quite limited, I do think when people are...
0: Oh, Chris, you've frozen. Um- I'm not sure what's happened there. If you're joining us via uh, Facebook Live, we have seemed to have lost Chris mid-sentence uh, talking about fussy eating and uh, what to do with a two-year-old. So we might just wait and see if Chris comes back to us. But um, I can add to that as well, Scott, in not as an expert but as a parent in saying that, we um, definitely had that experience with our kids in terms of, or certainly my eldest daughter in terms of fussy eating, but um she oh, now eats oh here she is i was chris well we you were frozen for a bit so i was giving no, my anecdote about out. darcy yeah. <laughs> You're back now and i was yeah. just saying that um darcy was very fussy but last night she ate tacos with mints and cucumber and tomato and lettuce and everything so it changed but anyway back on to what you change. do when they're two and won't re- and refuse everything
1: so i think when you've tried everything and, and the really normal things like eating with him don't always give in in to him. About putting that he does eat for every meal, and it really is at this stumbling block where it feels like you're having a fight, then maybe you need more help than that. And as we've um, had um, Jen Cohen on before to talk about the fussy eater, it might be worth speaking to someone like her to be able to get get an idea, is this something that you really need some help and support with, or is this just basic, I'm too and I'm doing it my way? Mm -hmm. And to get an idea of doing that, I'd take a food diary um, for a week and really write down the things you're offering him versus the things he's eating. So if you're offering him, I don't know, something completely out of his schemes like a baked dinner that he just will not touch, then um, I think you have to put elements of what he does eat on that meal. And then write down, will he at least take it to his lips or not? And then maybe um, consult with someone like um, Dr. Jen Cohen, who's the fussy doctor eater, to see whether you might need more support. But my nephew was the same. He only ate white things, quite literally. He'd eat prawns because they were white. He'd eat fish because they were white. (laughs) Well, that's Um, a good sign. (laughs) Yeah. So you can actually get a lot of protein into him, but you're not getting a very big vegetable base into him. But I would really have a go at putting two peas on the plate and one carrot. And I wouldn't overwhelm him with it. I'd just put small amounts in there and eat with him. Um, and then maybe you need more support from someone like Dr. Jen Cohen in order to be able to give you some guides. She's got a great web page, she's got a great um, blog page. Um, but actually, you know, I think the first thing is to take away the fight you know, and put down that meal that you're having, but elements of his meal. Be very regular with what you do um, in terms of eating him and, and making sure he's not filling up too much on processed food that he can get get away with so i think here keep going with what you're doing introduce those new foods they do grow out of it um, at some point but that doesn't help when you're struggling as the parent and maybe if it is bigger than that dr cohen can help you out
0: we have a question from Aureli on facebook Aureli says i have been exclusively breastfeeding and i want to stop my baby's going to be one next month what can i do
1: uh, so we can do just a slow wean. So I think if that baby's coming up to one and you're ready to wean the baby, the first, thing, the first one I'd drop would be the lunchtime one. So I'd just swap that out for some milk in a cup with her lunch or his lunch, and um, after a few days of that, then I'd swap out the morning breastfeed for some milk in a cup with his breakfast. And then that evening feed can be swapped out when it's mutually ready between the two of you. And because he's over the age of one, you can just give him milk in a, in a cup. It doesn't need to be in a bottle. He doesn't need that quantity of milk. And you can do this as slowly or as quickly as both of you will agree to it. So you might be ready, but you might find your one-year-old isn't quite ready, so it might take him a little bit longer to get on the page with you, but just swap them out. It's usually an easy wean, um, and I think you'll find it'll just smoothly go ahead.
0: Okay, I'm not sure how um, good this microphone is, but if anyone's hearing the sounds of a howling dog or a barking dog, it's just <laughs> the garbage man is going past and my dog is losing his sweet little mind. So sorry if that's interrupting this. Um, our next question comes from Anna she says my baby boy is nine months old and he has figured out that he can pinch my breast when he breastfeeds it seems to be happening when the initial flow slows down it's like he's trying to get more milk but he pinches me so hard really grabs a handful of boob once it's become empty and a little softer and it hurts do you have any advice on how to stop this
1: So he is probably telling you that the letdown has slowed down and he's getting frustrated because the the flow of milk is also slowed down. And a nine-month-old really breastfeeds quite quickly. So they breastfeed up, you know, quite. they can drain a breast in three to five minutes. So if it's getting closer to that time and you know he's going to do this, what I would do is hold that hand. So play with that hand while he's feeding. So put your fingers in his hand hold his hand, rub his hand, don't knock it out of the way, but just distract it so that you can get a sense whether after that letdown he can still concentrate enough to bring the milk in for another few minutes or whether actually it has actually stopped after that letdown. But what I would do is over the next few days is use that upper hand to distract him by rubbing it and playing with it while he's feeding, see if he can push him through the letdown and to feed for a little bit longer. And then just distract him out of that behaviour.
0: This next question comes from Tran. Tran says, hi, Chris, does my 10-month-old baby still need an overnight feed? I can answer that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, he doesn't. Um, <laughs> this is what I've learned over seven years. He's been waking every night from 2 to 5am for a feed, but then we struggle to get him back to sleep for the rest of the night. That's fine at 5 a.m., but at 2 to 3 a.m., we're going out of our minds, patting him back to sleep, sometimes for over an hour. Three months ago, we sleep trained him with a gentle approach of patting him to sleep, then stayed in the room with him, then eventually moved out of the room and he would fall asleep by himself. This worked a treat and even his daytime naps have evened out. But he suddenly has this nighttime wake-up happening. Is there anything we can do? Uh, she's written down that his general routine is 6.30 till 7 a.m. wake up if he's gone back to sleep after that early morning wake, yep. 9 to 9.30, uh, first nap for around one and a half hours, 2 to two thirty, second nap for about an hour, occasionally longer, 7 p.m. bedtime. He has three solid meals a day plus four breastfeeds.
1: Okay, so this little man Um, you're right, he doesn't need a feed overnight if he's feeding well in the day with three breastfeeds and three main meals. So I think you're right there. I would say he's a little bit tired. So one of the reasons it might see him waking for the feed as opposed to what happens once he's woken. Once um, he's woken for the feed, the thing I can see here is he's probably awake from his morning sleep around 10.30, 11. And between then and seven, he's only getting one hour sleep. So he could be a little bit overtired by the end of the day and not feeding well, and that's why he's waking. So that's not the behaviour, but that could be the why. So normally we'd have an hour in the morning and a bigger sleep in the afternoon, so they're more well-rested by the time they go down to bed. So that's one thing to look at. That would be the why is he waking. The second thing is what happens when he does wake. And I think um, all you have to do to drop the feed is do what you had been doing for the gentle um, settling that you learnt before where you might leave him for a couple of minutes and at that point where you go in, you go in, you pat him gently, um, you calm him down, you settle him down. Um, you might sit again and then you leave. The only thing I'd be wary of is sitting in the room with that age group. They know when you breathe in and out. (laughs) So (laughs) if you go to move, they often wake up. So maybe this time you can modify it to pat him to calm and then move into the door and maybe shushing and then moving out so that he visually sees you leaving the room. But all you would need to do at this point is to drop that feed and apply that gentle settling again to get rid of this feed. And it'll probably take you probably about three to five days to see the improvement and then move on from there. But you're right, he doesn't need the feed overnight.
0: Our next question comes from Steph on Facebook. She says, hi, ladies. I have a seven-month-old who's waking at least four times at night and tends to be awake for two hours, between the hours of 1 and 3 a.m. I breastfeed her usually when she wakes after some trying of settling. Her day looks like up for the day at 7 a.m. breakfast, nap at 9 a.m.-ish after a breastfeed, wakes up one and a half hours later, and then I offer her lunch. Then a breastfeed before a nap around 1pm. I then give her a short nap in the late afternoon, which ends around 5.30pm. All up, I think she naps around three hours a day. She can settle with or without a dummy.
1: Okay, so I think um, she's getting a, an afternoon sleep too late in the day. And so when she wakes at night, she can stay awake because she's had the sleep in too late towards the end of the day. So normally for a seven-month-old, they're on two sleeps in the day um, and three meals and four milk feeds. Um, so that's one thing. So her wake cycles, her first one could move to two and a half hours, then a one and a half hour sleep, then awake for three hours from when she woke. So if she got up, Uh, If she went down at 9.30 and got up at 11, that puts her down at 2. And then hopefully she'd join those two sleeps together. So she'd have about two hours in the afternoon, about an hour and a half in the morning. So that sleep is nice and even across the day. Now what that will do is allow you to probably get her more settled when she wakes or she doesn't wake till later. So those little settles you've been doing up until 1 o'clock, they'll probably disappear. Then you could feed her, but you might then have to teach her to go back to sleep again with some gentle settling, or it will sort itself out because she's now on two sleeps in the day instead of three. So once she has the feed, she she just rolls over and goes back to sleep. So I think what I do is start by changing the rhythm in her day a little bit and see, if, see what fixes itself, and then from there go into some settling after that feed. It's still appropriate that 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 she has one feed overnight but it's usually pushing out as if she's going to go through the night so let's see what happens if we change the day routine and this will be in the um in the podcast so you'll be able to write those time frames down and and see if that makes a change but you're going to have to do a little bit of resettling i suspect after the breastfeed Mm
0: -hmm. yes so we will this will be in the podcast feed on wednesday Steph, if you want to um, have a look at that then. Uh, We have a follow-up question from Morelli who was asking about how to wean the one-year-old from breastfeeding. She says, I'm afraid he's going to lose weight because he's allergic to cow's milk and won't take the bottle.
1: No, he he won't lose weight. You can put him on um, oat milk or rice milk. So the amount of breast milk they're getting from you at this stage isn't equating to weight. It's equating to fluid So as long as it's replicated, so if he's allergic to cow's milk, um, he might have some, you know, big allergy towards it, then you can use any of the other um, rice or oat milk to replace it and that would be exactly the same. So he he can go down to 50 mils of milk. Like if I was weaning him onto cow's milk, I'd only be putting 50 mils in that cup and letting him have a drink of it. So it's only 150 mils in the whole day that he'd be getting from it so I think you could quite easily take him on to obviously if he has cow's milk protein you wouldn't give him a soya so it'd probably be oat or rice whichever one he seems more palatable to him which is usually oat
0: and do those um, I'm curious do those um, alternatives also have a fat content in it like what you would? No, they don't
1: but that's they don't need the fat content from the cow's milk. They need the vitamin A and the calcium.
0: Okay. Yeah, so that's what they're so getting. So he needs heard. to be eating lots of green.
1: Yeah, lots of veggies, veggies. to replace it, what they're getting out of cows. milk. And lots and lots of children at the age of one will wean off breastfeeding and never drink milk. They just yeah. drink water. Yeah. But they have a very varied diet and that's where they get their, um, their, their vitamins and minerals from. So, I don't think it'll be a weight issue as such. Um, I think it's more a fluid issue overall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, hopefully, that puts your mind at rest, Arelie. Yeah. Um, feel free to put more questions in if you like. Our next question comes from Erica. She says, I'm desperate for advice. Over the last few months, my almost three-year-old daughter has started acting up and misbehaving more than ever before, and I'm at my wit's end. She is so defiant. She argues, talks back, says no, and just throws complete hissy fits. She barely ever eats what I give her and asks for other foods which are not healthy. If I say no, she screams and cries and I can't calm her unless she's given what she wants. I have tried timeout. She simply will not stay on the timeout step, so that's a bust. And all other things I can think of, I get down to her level and try to calmly explain to her what I want from her, why it's not okay to argue, say no to me or have tantrums, but it's all falling on deaf ears. This behaviour is starting to have an impact on her younger sister, who's 18 months old. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. Younger sister who's 18 months old and she is starting to copy. I've gotten so angry and frustrated that I've had to shut myself in my bedroom to try and calm myself down. Oh, my yes. husband <laughs> my husband tries to help me remain consistent with discipline, et cetera, but as he is at work for all of the daylight hours, I'm really on my own with this. I know it's probably just a phase, but I need help.
1: Oh, you poor thing. Three rolls can be really hard work.
0: Oh, <laughs> Yes. Think- Indeed I think can. you need
1: to give yourself a little break because they are hard and they're trying to find their space in the world and they're pushing and you're pulling. And I think what I have to, you'd have to do here, especially when it's this chaotic, is take a little break. Take a little break from things and that's not easy. The first thing I'd ask myself to find out whether this is really an issue or just three-year-old behaviour is does she exhibit these behaviours socially? So when she's maybe at daycare or preschool um, or even in the park playing with kids, is does she act the same way or is this more directed at, at home and at you and she's just trying to push her boundaries at home? And in that case, it does come down to consistency, but it feels like you're fighting her all the time on every issue. And I think all the parents in in Australia could to could sort of empathize with that, that it feels like every day you get up and you start to fight with them. So I think you need to work out what matters on that day. Does mattering, does the thing that matters for you, is it that she listens to you? Is it that she follows through? Is it that she calms down? And and just take on one issue at a time and be really clear with her what's going to happen and not get it too far ahead. So you can't fight her getting dressed and eating, and you know get out the door to the playground on time because she's just going to push back on all of those things. So I think you have to sit somewhere in the reasonable mark. So the consistency does matter because they're pushing; they're a little bit out of control. So consistency does matter. I'd feed her her meals at a similar time. If if she's you know, throwing a tantrum and wanting the biscuit in the cupboard, what I usually do? Just clean the pantry out, get rid of those things (laughs) so that when she wants it, you open the cupboard and say, it's just not there. And lots of kids do this with um, yogurt. They want to go to yogurt instead of the meal. Just don't buy the yogurts for a while. Make the yogurt a treat instead of a point of, of an argument. When she's in the tantrum, you have to let it go. The more talking you do, the more she pushes back. You just have to let her go, let her wear it out. And I think when you feel that your child is this far out of control, that you need to have moments where it's not about the fighting. So remember to have the good moments. Remember to play. Remember at night to lay with her for a little while and talk about the good things that happened in the day because all of these struggles can feel like they're one on top of the other. So if it's eating that really concerns you, then I think what we need to do is just focus on that for a few days. And you've got to loosen the reins on everything else that she's doing. If she wants to wear one pink shoe and one blue shoe, let her wear them. She'll work it out somewhere down the line. So you've really got to prioritise what matters in the list of things that she's fighting you for. And if it really matters that she's fighting you on food, then just deal with that for a week and then move on to the other things. But it is pretty much the life of a three-year-old to try and terrorise you as much as possible. And that's <laughs> yeah. because they're trying to find out where they fit in the world, where's mm-hmm. their spot in the world. But there's lots of great people that can get really good help from, especially Maggie Dent and her way of, you know, and we you we use Maggie a lot on this, on the um I'm kindling, and she has some really good ideas of giving you an understanding where the three year old's at. You know, so it's getting into their headspace and working out what's going on for the, you, for them, that helps you move forward instead of a, a structured way of disciplining them. Because as you can uh, imagine, Siobhan, you've got two different children and you discipline them two different ways mm-hmm. because of their personality. So I think this one's a tough one. You haven't had a three-year-old in your house and you've got to learn new skills about how to deal with them because it's all mental. It's not so much physical like a little baby. So take a little breath, work out what is the main thing that you're trying to correct and work on that, but remember to do the kind things in the day. Play with her a little bit, talking at night. All of these are going to help. Um, in the end she wants your time and attention so giving it to her in small windows will really help her move through
0: this stage yes good luck we probably have time for one last question chris this is from kelly she yep. says my 11 and a half month old was a really happy sleeper up until about a month ago in the last month he is now refusing all his daytime naps we have followed your guidelines with a lot of success up until now and we don't know what to do his normal routine before this was wake up at six thirty, then breakfast with a bottle Morning nap at 9 a.m. till 10 a.m. ish when I would usually wake him up. So he had enough awake time before his afternoon nap, morning tea and lunch, afternoon nap at 1.30 till about 3 p.m., bed and bottle at 7 and sleep through. But now that he's refusing the naps, all that has gone out the window. Mm. I can sometimes get him to go to sleep, but he only naps for half an hour or so, then wakes and stands up in his cot crying. This can go on for two hours if I'm willing to try that long. He's cranky and clingy for the rest of the day, and even bedtime has started to become more difficult. Where are we going wrong?
1: Oh, Kelly, it doesn't sound like you're going wrong anywhere. Um the only thing I can see with that is possibly him staying up for, her, um, for three hours in the morning. So if he got up at 6.30, putting him down at 9.30, he is 11 and a half months. So if he slept for 30 to 40 minutes in the morning, I wouldn't worry too much about it and then keep him up for three to three and a half hours and put him down in the afternoon. So that half an hour's sleep he needs till he's closer to 14 months. At the minimum, he needs that half an hour sleep till 14 months. The half an hour sleep, in a way, because that's the one that disappears, you could just get that done in the car or the pram just to take the pressure off fighting him for every sleep and really work on the afternoon sleep. So keeping him up for three hours might help him go down a little bit easier. If he sleeps for a half an hour, 45 minutes, just get him up from the morning one calculate three to three and a half hours from that point to put him down for the afternoon one. This is the one we're going to work on because this little man's just getting himself more and more overtired, the less and less sleep he's getting. So before I start with these babies where they've sort of just lost how to go to sleep, I just take a day or two and get the sleep and don't worry about how you get the sleep. So if you end up driving the streets of Sydney or Melbourne or wherever you may live, Then I do that for a day or two just so he's not overtired. And then I go back to my normal pattern of putting him in the cot and leaving him for five or six minutes, then going in and just saying at the door, put your head down. Once he puts his head down, go over, pat, 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 give him a little bit of reassurance, then leave the room again. And after a few days, his sleep pattern should come back in. So I'm not sure what has stemmed him going into this behaviour, but I think... I would just change around a few things and see if you can get it back again. So try and get the sleep so that he's not overtired. It's okay to reduce the morning sleep so that you can get the afternoon sleep going. It's the afternoon sleep that will become one sleep. So try those few things and see if that might help. And good luck. Well, Chris,
0: um, we've run out of time. Thank you so oh. much for coming on and helping everyone with their questions. It's
1: lovely to see
0: you. Yeah, likewise. <laughs> Um, and if you didn't get a chance to ask Chris your question, remember that you can book a one-on-one session with her through Babyology's Parent School. There will be links in the notes of this episode and below this video, or otherwise we will be back next week with another expert answering your questions. Chris, have a lovely week and see I you all soon. I will. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at parentbrand.com.au. See you next time.